Hey everyone, welcome back to the third episode of the OK Guard Show. I'm Leanna Machino. And I'm Staff Sergeant Brian Schroeder. And today we talked about education benefits in the Guard, which apparently very few people actually utilize, so we were surprised to hear that. Very surprised. Uh, we sat down with Mr. Brem and Mr. Brown with the Education Office, and it wasn't just statistics, it was money that is out there for people to take advantage of to go to school, not just themselves, but also family members. There's, there's a lot of underutilized material that's there. So. Yeah. so this is our third episode and we would love to get feedback from you on everything that we have covered so far. Yeah, a lot of this is for our listening and viewing audience. So if you are listening to and or watching this, that means you. So please, we respect and value your opinion. Let us know what you wanna hear if you enjoy hearing what you're hearing now, if this is just chalkboard, yeah. nails on a chalkboard for you, let us know that too. Uh, all right, so let's get started and get educated. On education benefits? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Cool. All right, so we'll go through, we'll go around the table and just do brief, introduction, uh, brief introductions. Sorry. Uh, just introduce yourself, your full name, uh, what your job title is, that kind of basic thing. Go ahead. Okay, my name is uh, Jim Brem. I'm the Supervisory Education Services Specialist. I'm Stephen Brown. I'm the Education Services Officer. Okay, and how long have you gentlemen worked in the Education Office for the Oklahoma National Guard? Um, I've been there for seven years. In August, I'll be there. It'll be four years. Wow, that's quite a bit of time. You've seen a few people come through and... Uh, help them in their educational pursuits. That's great. Um, <clears throat> so what, what is the actual role of the education office? So our role is to execute and maintain effective educational programs and education benefit services uh, that support both the Air and Army National Guard service members. Okay. So what does that mean? I knew that question was coming. <laughs> so it's basically customer service. Okay. You can consider us like a, a liaison. So we deal a lot with the colleges. Um, Mr. Bram, he deals with a lot of colleges. Uh, so we basically help link those two entities, the service member and the colleges together. If so they're we, having a problem with their tuition or uh, they're having a problem with uh, any of their courses that they're taking or courses that aren't on a degree plan that they're taking and they need to take a specific course, we help them and liaise with the, with the colleges as well to make sure it's taken care of. Okay. So is it just universities that you deal with or is it trade schools? Is it where, where is the left and right limits of what you guys do? A lot with the, the universities, especially with Oklahoma and our state tuition waiver program. When it comes to the, the Votex, things like that, that's more off. That's more on the service member because we do not have an agreement with them currently. Okay. Um, but we deal a lot with the VA too, especially with the GI Bill. We mainly deal with the two-year and four-year colleges. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about education benefits. That's a lot of what your office office does. And um, talk a little bit about what's currently being offered uh, as an incentive for being in, in the Guard, either Air or Army Guard. You want to take off with FTA? I can start with federal tuition assistance. The first program, every National Guard member uh, has federal tuition assistance. That is where they get uh, 18 semester hours 
per fiscal year paid at a maximum of $250 per credit hour. Uh, wow. It's at any, any college accredited institution, be it two year or four year. They can use it for both a bachelor's and or a master's program. If they used it for their undergrad degree, before they can use it for a graduate degree, they must have completed ALC or the officer, you know, captain's career course or the WOAC course to, to use it for a graduate degree if they used it for their undergrad degree. Okay. But it's uh, basically equivalent to the amount of about $4,000 per fiscal year that they can use in educational benefits. Wow. So that's FTA, that's federal tuition assistance. Correct. Okay. So tell me a little bit about the state tuition assistance. Is it state tuition waiver? State tuition waiver. Okay. It's, it's Oklahoma. It's very similar to FTA, just different pots of money, and there's a little bit different requirements for eligibility. So state tuition waiver will pay up to 100% tuition only, no fees, to one of our state colleges that we have uh, an agreement with. With that being said, every service member that comes into the Guard, whether it's in the middle of the semester or one day left in that semester, they are eligible to take advantage of the tuition waiver. Okay. So that covers any class that I want to take at a so in-state it'll, university. It'll cover up to a bachelor's degree. Okay. And it's up to 18 semester hours per semester. Oh, wow. Yes. That's, a minimum that's of a, three, a max of 18. Okay, so I don't have to be a full-time student no. to be able to take take advantage of this program. No, correct. Not is that the same with the FTA as well? That is correct. You can take, it's a minimum, maximum you can use is 18 semester hours, or yeah, correction, 16 semester hours per fiscal year, up to a maximum of $4,000, which is the 250 per credit hour, but no fees are paid also. Okay, okay. That's a really good deal. So. What, what do I have to do to be able to take advantage of these? You said just being a member of the National Guard, that's it? No, there are requirements on our side. So okay. when you do, uh, the big thing is, is a cumulative, cumulative GPA of 2.0 or greater. Okay. If you fall below that, then you're no longer eligible to receive the uh, tuition. However, as soon as you're back to that 2.0, you're then reinstated basically to receive the waiver. And you cannot have more than, no more than nine AWOLs in a at any given time okay so if you get to the eighth one and then show back up at the unit you are still eligible to receive the the tuition waiver okay for federal ta you just basically have to complete basic and ait and then you must maintain at least a 2.0 gpa so is this good for online classes as well or is it only in if i'm attending the university and in the classroom for federal TA, you can do it online or classroom-based. It doesn't matter. Okay. And that's at any university. So federal would be any university. Any accredited university. Nationwide. Nationwide, provided they sign the Memorandum of Understanding with the DOD. Okay. And that's, they have over 1,900 colleges that have. So it's quite a few colleges. Wow. That have. Yeah, because there's a lot of online degree programs that people are seeking. and You may see some that are you see on TV. You need to check with us to make sure they're actually accredited. Okay, okay. I have a question. Um, state and federal, can those two be used at the same time? No, they cannot. Okay. It's it. To be honest, it's the exact same program. Ours is, I always tell our service members, ours is a, a lot easier to, to apply for 
because you get you have to go through Go Army Ed for the federal tuition assistance. But we do um, we have a list of colleges that are accredited that are state schools, and we they do not dis distinguish between brick and mortar or online either. The only thing you can use concurrently is if you have Chapter Thirty or Thirty Three, which means you were either on active duty before you came to the National Guard, regular Army, or you have been deployed for more than 90 days with the National Guard, then you can you have eligibility for either Chapter 30 or 33. Those can be used concurrently with the, both of these programs. And the Chapter 30 and 33, that's the GI Bill, The correct? GI Bill, correct. Okay. And that, can you apply for the GI Bill through your office? We, do you assist sold service members in... In applying for GI Bill benefits? We do. Um, with the state tuition waiver, you can use any of the GI Bills to help offset the cost. It's okay. just something the VA offers guidance on their website at vets.gov that you can actually use the GI uh, comparison tool and you can compare your GI Bills to see which one will be, if you qualify for more than one, to see which one would be more beneficial. Okay. But to answer your question, yes, Sergeant First Class Joe McManus is our GI Bill manager and our state tuition waiver manager. Um, he's very good at what he does, and if the service member calls, he can help them, or they can go to the VA rep at their college, and they will guide them through the process as well. Okay. So I technically could have my GI Bill and a state tuition waiver at the same time, or the federal tuition assistance and GI Bill at the same time? On the federal TA side, you can use chapter 30 or 33, but you can't use 1606 concurrently with the federal TA. Okay, and that's just the type of GI Bill that you are eligible, approved, eligible, eligible for. for. Correct. Okay, and then finding eligibility for the GI Bill would be through va.gov. Right, Correct. when you come into the National Guard, if you have a uh, you're a high school graduate, six-year contract, and graduated AIT, you qualify for the basic Chapter 1606 GI Bill. And that is currently at 384 a month. That, uh, what Mr. Brim is talking about, like he said, your Chapter 33, that's going to be based off of your active, your deployment time. Okay. Okay. It sounds like a really great, great benefit from many different angles. It is, after our last needs assessment survey, it was the number one reason why in Oklahoma and nationwide too that, that guardsmen and women join is for that college benefit. Okay, so going back to the state tuition waiver, I already have a bachelor's degree. Am I eligible for the state tuition waiver? No. Okay, but I can use the federal tuition assistance as long as I've met the criteria that you spoke about before. Correct. That's correct. Okay. So what level of degree can I use the federal tuition assistance for then? Is it just the master's degree? No. You can actually use it for both the bachelor's, a graduate degree, and then you can also use it for a certificate program for up to 18 semester hours of certificate study as well. Or 20, correction, 21 hours of credit for a accreditation program. Wow. Now that has to be one that is currently through one that is being given through an approved uh, institution to your four-year institution. Okay. Uh, if I was applying for medical school, would federal tuition assistance offset the cost of, of medical school or any type of professional school like that law degree or anything? Right. And it does not anymore. They did away with those in 2011. 
but they will pay for your uh, physician's assistance prerequisites if you are in plan on going to physician assistant school. Okay, that's outstanding. Uh, so do the benefits change? It sounds like they do. Uh, how often do changes like that come down? Usually about once a year, actually. They actually, uh, it's a very flexible document. So things as, as we try to get more information from our higher headquarters and they, they fight with Congress about different benefits. We did have some changes in this last year where it used to be soldiers used to have to wait a year after EIT to use their federal TA. That's no longer the case. That change just went into effect this last year where they can, as soon as they graduate AIT, they can start using their benefits. Wow, that's outstanding. That's a lot of people join the military for the education benefits alone, and it's nice knowing that you can take advantage of them pretty much right away. Correct. And that's the state tuition waiver as well. State tuition waiver, I don't know if there's been a change in since it's been uh, brought to Oklahoma. Uh, the regents, the schools, universities, college, we haven't, I say there hasn't been any big changes since I've been there at least. So that's almost four years. Okay. <clears throat> if, if a guardsman joins <clears throat> and two years down the road they haven't used any education benefits but they decide to, and but there's been a change in either state or federal. Are the, is that guardsman grandfathered in per their contract, or does their benefits also change? Their benefits would their benefits would change based upon what is other other applicable when they start taking the pro when they start using the program. Okay, and <clears throat> so if if the benefits change, you're not grandfathered in for the time that you're using them. You have to follow whatever changes that are happening. Correct. At that time. Unless you're like in the middle of a semester or something, then yes, you'd be grandfathered. But if you're just starting out and the rules changed before you started college, then yes, you'd be under the current rules. Okay. And I want to clarify. So you have to be a current serving member, correct? Or can it be you've served your time, you're out now, but you can still retroactively use any either or no? Not on state tuition waiver. Not on the federal okay. TA either. Okay, so you have to be a currently serving right. airman or soldier. Right. You can't be in the inactive National Guard or anything like that. You must be an active drilling member of the okay. National Guard. So I know the GI Bill... Um, you have the opportunity to give that to your family members. If you are a currently serving airman or soldier, can you pass the federal tuition assistance or the state tuition waiver on to your, to your family members? The federal tuition assistance, you can after you've served what is it, a minimum of 10 years and before you've reached your 16 years of service. And that's 16 years is very critical because that it goes into effect uh, 12th of July of this year. If you don't have done it by your 16th year, you've lost that benefit to do it, to transfer it over once you reach 16, over 16 years of service. For the state tuition waiver, once you're out, that benefit goes away. And to okay. clarify what he's talking about, that's solely Chapter 33, okay. uh, the GI Bill. Okay. Then right. not federal tuition assistance. Okay. So Our two, the two <clears throat> tuition assistance programs will, when you get out, that's when that program ends for you. Okay. Can you specify, when you say Chapter 33, does that mean post 9-11? Yes. Okay, can you say, like, when you refer to it, Chapter 33 or post 9-11 yes. or, or, or Montgomery? Because I don't know, if, I didn't know the chapters. It's, <laughs> it's confusing. People know it as different Everyone uh, gets different confused names. because, especially if you deployed 
you have to apply for Chapter 33 post 9-11, or you'll continue on Chapter 1606, which is the basic one that everyone has. Uh, once you apply, then the VA will send you a new certificate of eligibility with the, the amount of time remaining that you can utilize. That is the only, Chapter 33 post 9-11 is the only GI Bill that can be transferred to a dependent. That, okay. That has to be in Deers. Okay. So it, a spouse, children, step, I would say stepchildren or, or uh, adopted children, as long as they're in well, Deers. Deers are good. They're good, up to the 26th birthday. Does that add time to that soldier or airman, their contract? It does uh, accrue a four-year service obligation. Is it concurrent? If, yes, if they qualify for post 9-11. Okay. Okay. I'm learning a lot here right now. Yeah, yeah I know. Great. No, Me if, too. if yeah. you've got the four years remaining on your current contract, you do not have to extend again. But if you had three years, 364 days, you'd have to extend for one day, which you can't do. It'd be, I think, the minimum's 30, 30 days a month. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But there are certain rules that when they do the extension that is solely for the uh, GI Bill. Okay. If, if a soldier or airman has, um, they're currently using their GI Bill and they want to take advantage of state tuition waiver, can they, should they go to the VA office on campus to answer questions? Should they come to your office? Either or, um, when it comes to the GI Bill, it, the service member really has to do their research. Because if you're using post 9-11, that's gonna, and it depends on what percentage tier that you're at, let's just say 100%, it's gonna be more beneficial for you to utilize that GI Bill for everything. Okay. And, and not utilize state tuition waiver. Because if you're using the state tuition waiver to offset the tuition, it almost defeats the purpose of the post 9-11 GI Bill paying for the same thing. Right, because the post 9-11 GI Bill will cover tuition. Yes. And it, again, it's based on your percentage. Mm -hmm. It will cover tuition plus give you a monthly stipend yes. for living expenses or whatever. Correct. Okay, okay. It's a very complicated process. It really and that's, is. That's why we highly, highly encourage everyone to call us. Sure. Um, if we don't know the answer, we can get it. We have a good relationship with our GI Bill team at Peck. Um, the ladies there, they, they're very knowledgeable, and it's right then, and then we can turn around and let you know this is what you can and can't do. Well, I know my personal experience in working with the education office and, and with you, Mr. Brim, you guys are like you said, very knowledgeable about all of everything that you handle in the education office. And if you don't know, you find out and you, you're really quick about responding back to questions. And that's, that's very important. We're all about taking care of the soldiers. We really are. For me, I had a Sergeant McMillan called me and said, hey, I don't know if you know this or not, but you have <coughs> probably a couple grand worth of student loan repayment that you haven't utilized. I mean, he reached out to me. Very proactive, yes. About it, which, and it, sure enough, I got all the forms filled out and everything, and I had about $2,000 paid off of my loan, which is great. And I, I didn't even know, I, I would have just let it go away, and the fact that he was so proactive about it and contacted me about it was awesome. So. And I, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of, of service members don't realize that our education is also our incentives office as well. 
or one of the there's about a handful of states that their education and incentives office are the exact same group of people so we actually handle bonuses um, the kicker your student loan we handle all of those things in the office as well wow yeah and a lot of people don't know that so they think education and they call us you know not knowing that their bonus we can help them with that issue as well so that's not just an initial enlistment bonus that's a re-enlistment bonus that's as any well bonus that any you type have of bonus that you have you have qualified for in the guard okay yeah so you heard it here don't call your recruiter no call the education <laughs> office <laughs> they can help you with with getting that bonus yes. taken care of okay outstanding yeah that's that's really good information and i don't i we get and, calls on well we had a go. huge system outage back in october of of last year and the system was down for almost six months right and no bonus got paid wow no i mean everything we operate out of is in the system and it was a nationwide failure just not oklahoma okay so the best thing i can tell service members right now that are looking for that bonus payment call us and be patient we, and be patient <laughs> we might not be aware or we might have already worked it and now for a quick break. Remember, we are right in the middle of tornado season, so make sure you check out our latest episode on tornado safety, what you should do before, during, and after a tornado. And if you have questions about today's episode, check out our show notes linked in our podcast or YouTube video description. And now back for more of today's episode on education benefits. What percentage of guardsmen and women actually take advantage of the education benefits? I could talk for the federal tuition assistance program. It's, it's less than 10% of the National Guard members use wow. the federal tuition assistance program. Now, caveat that with some, a lot of them do use the state tuition waiver, and they can use either one of them. So okay. I, mean, I don't know what the percentage is for, for the state tuition waiver is. I don't have it broke down by a percentage, but just FY18, the we had over 2,000 service members utilizing the state tuition waiver. Now that was a lot of people for the, let's just say if they just did spring and fall. So they were repeat people on that list, but okay. 2,000, that's Air and National Guard, so. Air and Army. And now wow. our end strength's around 6,600, so. That's I just mean, for, the, for the Army is 6,600, then not right. the Air is. So. Wow. It's still a low percentage. Yeah. that's. That to me is a shame because education, even just credit hours without having a degree, if you complete a certain number of credit hours, that's promotion points Correct. for getting to your next rank. Having a degree is almost a requirement now to achieve certain ranks. And the tools are there, the resources are there for people to be able to take advantage of and essentially get free school 100%. And, and progress their career. But nobody takes advantage of it. Wow. Well, no, I won't say nobody. Right. The people, Very that, small do, percentage. The people that do take advantage of it. It's, yeah. it's getting that information out, which has been probably the hardest challenge that we have faced is how to get that information out. And hopefully this is this a great platform to help get that disseminated down to those people that will take advantage of it. I can, I can, yeah. use, my, I can use my own self as an example of education because... I joined the regular army as a 17-year-old high school dropout. Dropped out of high school. I got my high school diploma while I was in the army. I got the army to pay for my bachelor's degree. I got the army to pay for my master's degree. And I got that, went to officer candidate school and I ended up retiring as a major. 
as a high school wow. dropout. Awesome. And the Army did all that for me. Yeah. And plus got my current job. <laughs> That's incredible. The Army, the Army provides it, but you made it happen for Correct. you. And you... It's a matter of, you know, once you have the tools and you know what's out there, it's actually just going out there and utilizing them. Yeah, that's great. It's huge benefits. Okay, so let's say I'm in school. My anthropology degree is really rolling down the road, <laughs> doing great things. All of a sudden, I get mobilized. Does that stop my benefits? Do I, am I responsible for paying for that semester that I can't complete because I've been called for deployment or any type of uh, active duty for assignment. For, federal, for federal tuition assistance, you would probably qualify for what's called a military withdrawal. A military withdrawal is any unanticipated military orders that you come down on, for instance, like a deployment that you weren't aware of. In the middle of a semester, you would uh, there's a military withdrawal form we could provide to you. You fill it out, get it signed by your commander, send it back in, it goes, comes to our office, we look it over, make sure it meets the requirements for military withdrawal, and basically we forgive you for that semester. Okay. And we just write, write it off for that semester from the college. So that's not a black mark against me that I not had to withdraw all. from these classes? Not at all, no. Okay. On state tuition waiver side, it's the same thing, if it's, especially if it's Title X order. Well, we're not going to hold you a, accountable for that. Uh, so we can do a military withdrawal as well. Um, we do offer college first um, for the new prior, prior service enlistees. That guarantees them two years as long as they're a, a enrolled. And they can elect to waive that right if their unit does uh, deploy. However, if it's a state active duty mission, um, college first does not apply. I was news to me as well because the policies, I think, I believe around 2009 um, when General Deering was still the tag. So. Okay. Uh, that is one of the things that service members have to potentially look out for. But it, it, with Hurricane Harvey last year, it was a, a pretty big issue for about a month. But we always advise the service members to talk to their professors, talk to the school, mm-hmm. let them know their situation. Uh, people are very forgiving, and, and you forget that. And they understand that you do have a, an obligation to, to the National Guard uh, as well so it some are very unique but most of them can be handled uh, right there on the spot some professors will work with you to extend this semester actually and mm-hmm. turn in turn in work at a later date as well give you an incomplete and then finish it at a later date and turn it in okay if there's a professor who you know just maybe they're not pro-military which there are some um, correct what would you recommend that soldier do then go through their chain of command so they can then talk or provide memos or what do you what do you think? Uh, for me, I would say call me. Um, we can provide the memo right then and there, right, and then handle it that way. Because one of the things we have a student student services support group up at headquarters ACs that actually deals with those issues that if we're having a problem with a specific college, an issue that we'll talk directly with you know, the school. Okay. Let, we're letting somebody else deal with it besides us, and it, that's their sole job is to do that as well. Because one of the things that the state tuition waiver offers that I think is sometimes kind of misleading is we will, there is no money exchanged at any point. It, like I said, it's an agreement between the regents and the, and the university. 
So if you had to withdraw or you, you failed a class, we're not going to send a recoupment memo out to you. Okay. Um, now, if it becomes a, a, a repeat offender, then you could potentially see something. But that's something that, you know, should give service members a little bit of peace of mind, mm-hmm. especially when finals hit that, hey, things happen, especially with deployments, deaths in the family, things like that. So um, I just thought I'd throw that out there because I was thinking about it because we, we went through FTA a few years ago handling a, a huge debt process. Recoupment. So. We recouped quite a few people for failing classes in the past going back a few years. And yeah. They got a shock when they're, they were waiting on their IRS check and it got, it got recouped. <laughs> <laughs> So study, kids. Yeah. Yes. That's right. <laughs> study, go to class, do what you're supposed to do pass when you're going to school. Your classes. And pass your classes. So what if I'm a very ambitious student and I'm trying to get through classes quickly or get through my degree as quickly as possible? I'm taking summer classes. I know I have AT, but I get in and I get enrolled in the summer class. I talk to my commander. My commander says, nope, you're not getting out of AT. You're going for the two weeks. Two weeks is a very long time in a summer class. That yes. you miss a lot of material during that two weeks for AT. Is that forgiven? On the federal TA side, that would not be forgiven because that is not considered an unanticipated military absence. Okay. You should have known that you were going, you were going to AT, AT and when, what the dates were and probably should not have taken a class during your AT dates. On the, on the waiver side, it all depends on where if you can withdraw, it, it, it's basically during that withdrawal period or not. Like I've said, we've never we've never recouped since I've been in the office for for something like that. Um, okay. But you have to withdraw. If you let the class continue to carry out, then you're going to have those on your record, as in did not complete or Fs, and therefore you would not be eligible for the waiver. So it, it might get you one way or another. Okay, so as far as being disqualified from the waiver, if I fail how many semesters or if I, you said before, if you fall under the 2.0 limit, then once you get back to the 2.0, then you can take advantage of that again. Yes. If I'm failing classes, does that, that doesn't stop me from being able to take advantage of it, as long as I maintain that 2.0. Right. And that's something too. Everyone that's been to college knows it's it's really easy to uh, if you do take that semester off and not elect to study. That uh, once you get that grade point average below a 2.0, it's really hard to get it back up in just a semester or two. Yeah. So that's something that the young men and women need to be aware of. Is that hey, it yeah. seems like it's a pretty low bar. But in reality, for if you drop year, below it, it for every it year, might if you're going to you. have to make an A to make up for that, right? And it's it's hard. It's hard to bring it up. It's real easy to let it let that GPA yep. go down, but it's even harder to get get back up. I've, I've heard that it takes almost sixty credit hours of A's to raise your GPA one point to go from a a two point to a three point. 60 credit hours of, of A's. Right, and that's, that's a lot of classes. It's a lot of classes, it's a lot of studying to make sure you get an A in all of those 60 hours too. That's, 
It's intense. But C's do get degrees. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. It doesn't say on your, on your degree. That's true. I have a question or two. Cool. <clears throat> if, let's say that I've used the FTA and um, I've incurred a service debt, and then I get medically retired before I've done finished that service debt, what happens? Okay, if, it depends. If you're, if you're an officer, you have a four-year service obligation. If you're enlisted, you don't have that four-year service obligation. If you're medically retired, there's, it all depends on, we have to look at the orders and the SPD code for what, what you're getting out for, and it, it would make a difference of whether you would get recouped or not, okay. or a portion, a proportional recoupment. Okay, okay, and then second part of that question, let's say the same scenario, except instead of being retired, a person went from an officer went from the uh, guard to the army reserve just directly went over no break in service necessarily does that affect the the uh, service uh, commitment normally it would not no okay on the federal because side. they're on the federal side because they're maintaining still with the reserve going from guard to reserve to two different staying within the army basically okay okay so we do have Quite a few people, I've got a soldier that lives in Virginia, but he flies to Oklahoma every month, once a month, racking up the air miles. It's great for him. But is he able to take advantage of state tuition waiver? It, I think you've been checking our emails. Um, this, <laughs> this question came up. Um, when the service member fills out their FAFSA application, let's say they're a Texas guard, or it, a Texas resident, that's where their family lives, and they put their residency in Texas, mm -hmm. they're going to get the out-of-state rate based off of that. So, for example, I contacted uh, Swasu in Weatherford. I said, what is your admissions? Uh, what are they saying that, how do they basically establish residency in Oklahoma? One, she said they would have to take a semester off. And again, this is just for Southwestern take a semester off, show that they live there, because what they're saying is, is you cannot establish residency based off of school. So okay. they're saying take that semester off, or the actually a year off, and show that you're a resident of Oklahoma. Uh, and then two, I, I thought was kind of funny, but she said marry, a, marry an Oklahoma resident. So wow. that was Southwestern's <laughs> way of, of taking care of that. That's so. Okay. Insane, yeah, <laughs> you can take advantage of it, but yeah. you're not going to get that 100% in-state rate. Don't marry for love, marry, marry for, for state school. tuition, <laughs> right? In that case, you might want to use federal tuition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, so basically, you have to be an Oklahoma resident to take advantage of the mm -hmm. Oklahoma state tuition waiver. Yes. You can't use your unit's address as your home address right. to be able because the school will see it. Right. The school's the one that ultimately makes the decision. Okay. We are the the manager. So all of the it's very important that the service member understands that each semester that they have to reapply for the state tuition waiver. Because each semester it changes. You might be taking 12 hours, you might be taking 18. You might you can actually go to two or three different schools as long as that it, it doesn't go over the 18 hour cap. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to a community college and to a, a four-year university, you can have tuition waivers for both of those. You can do the same thing for federal TA as well because we have some students, I'll use University of Oklahoma as an example, we'll have some students that are University of Oklahoma students, but they need to take a couple of classes 
that they could take cheaper at Oklahoma City Community College. So they take those classes concurrently at the same time they're OU students. So, so they're two, so they're mm -hmm. taking two different two different uh, colleges for the same semester. Sure. Okay. Well, I mean, just part of our job um, in the education office is to offer counseling. So if the service member it's their first semester, I highly recommend just coming over to RTI for an hour or so and just sitting down and talking with us. And we could lay all of this out and then present the best plan forward. If, you know, if Rose State's gonna be the best option for your, you know, general requirements, that might be the, you know, your first 60 hours there and then pursue the bigger universities if that's the route you wanna go, which I highly recommend. Um, I can speak personally, I was a teacher prior to this in Middale, they offer the ticket to Rose. So eighth grade students can apply, there's certain eligibility things that they have to meet, but they can go to Rose State for the first two years of college for free. Wow. And I know that's not our program, but that's something that if they came from Middale that they need to take advantage of. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then they can pursue that you know, degree at a, at a OU or OSU, wherever it might be in the state. So you said that the education office offers counseling services <clears throat> as far as education counseling goes. Does that also include academic counseling, helping people find what degree may be best suited for them, or is it mostly uh, the financial aspect of education? We could. We can. We have a, in Gorme Ed, for instance, they have what's called a VIA program. I highly recommend everybody that ha uses Gorme Ed is supposed to go through the entire program, uh, but it basically in links an interest inventory of what you're interested in to decide what the best degree plan is for you. Now, you can override and say, no, I definitely want to do this, but it kind of gives you an idea based upon your interest what you should probably pursue doing that would make you happy in life. Okay. Well, I mean, the caveat off of that, I mean, we could say, hey, this is, you know, based on what you've told us, but when you go to a, a university and you declare your major, you should be assigned an academic advisor that can help definitely get you on that path. Um, so financially, yes, we could say, hey, you know, this is the GI Bill you have. You're not eligible. There's Sergeant McManus. Here's how you become eligible. Okay. Things like that. Um, we could, but, you know, some people take advice very well. Some others don't. So it all depends. Okay. But, and that's another thing too, I mentioned we're over at RTI in the administration building. We, we're no longer located on the Joint Force Headquarters campus. So we are over there now. And that's on Kelly? Kelly and 63rd? Correct. Yeah, I think that's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. You talked about um, <clears throat> deadlines for state and federal tuition assistance. What, do you have those dates on you and can you say them if you do? If not, we can put them in our notes for the for the show. Okay. Well, for I mean, for federal TA, you basically have sixty days prior to the class starting, and you must submit it at least five days prior to the class starting. Now, state tuition waiver has a little bit. I mean, I can definitely tell you the spring, the two big semesters, spring and fall. Spring is thirty-one January every year, and fall is always going to be August thirty-first. <laughs> and that's something they have to understand too: is that we don't submit the waiver until then. So you're in classes for two to three weeks before we submit the waiver to the school. Okay. So. So if I get all of my paperwork submitted and everything is correct, and I go to look maybe the first week, I get a 
a bill from the bursar's office, should I freak out because my benefits haven't gone through yet? Does no. they, do they process pretty quick? Well, on, on, on federal TA, they usually don't even, in, the college normally doesn't even invoice to you're about three quarters of the way through the class. So now, no, don't freak out at all. Now on the state, like you said, they're not even, even put in for a couple of weeks, a few weeks after the semester starts either. So to, if you're more than half, about halfway to three quarters of the way through the semester, then maybe start probing questions to your bursar office about, you know. That or, I mean, you can contact us because there are, there are instances where the unit or the service member, the information didn't get put in to the system. Okay. And at that point, it's an exception to policy. We can submit it up and get it taken care of. Okay. So other than the education benefits that we've spoken about, what else does the education office offer? Well, we spoke, we spoke about incentives. So I always, I tie kicker into incentives, although it's probably more of an educational program. But if you enlisted, there is a 350 kicker out there that if it's a part of your contract, it supplements chapter 1606. So you can add the, the 384 plus the, the 350 kicker. And that's directly, I mean, that's directly sent to your bank account. So it's basically okay. a, a full-time job to be a full-time student. But that's something that you have to have in your contract before yes. you enlist. Yes. That's something you do at MEPS? Yes. Okay. Right. right now, this is the one time I've seen it in the four years that you can right now re-enlist for a $20,000 bonus, a $50,000 student loan repayment program. Um, if you have not had it before, and if you have not had the kicker, you can get the 350 kicker currently. All right, we'll talk after the show because yeah. that's a pretty sweet uh, deal. We totaled it up. It was about $85,000 worth right. of benefits for six years. Right. Wow. That's incredible. Oh. That's incredible. Amazing. Personal story, I started working in the office in August 2015. I was a state tuition waiver and GI Bill manager and realized I had had a kicker at that time, I think it was 150, maybe 200 uh, dollar kicker that I never took advantage of. I did a reverse inquiry with the GI Bill team, and the VA paid me 7,500 dollars. I think I have a kicker. It's a personal. Wow. I mean, it's a case by case basis, yeah. and I was lucky, but I pursued it, and it turned out good for me. Um, I'm not saying every case will be approved, but if you apply for the GI Bill one January and here it is um, to May, and you have not got paid, it will be back paid to when you were eligible for that benefit. Okay. But it is a monthly process as well. You have to call in each month to verify your enrollment with the VA. Right, and that's just one of those tedious processes yep. to make sure I you're still it. enrolled yeah. and keep, yeah. It's part of, yeah. part of the process. It's but hey, it's free money. Accountability. Right. Small things for right. for benefits. So um, do you offer any type of testing services or test prep or anything like that in the education offices? We do currently offer um, those that want to increase their line scores. So when you go to MAPS, it's, it's the ASVAB. When you retake it, it's called the, the AFCT or AFQT. It's, most people use it to raise their, their GT score to get into officer candidate uh, or warrant officer candidate school. Okay. Or to apply uh, for AGR. Yeah, or applying for an AGR job. Or you're just wanting to change MOSs and it, it requires different line scores. Our office can test for the AFCT. And it is 
Simple, you contact your unit, they submit the 4187. We test Monday through Thursday at 08, or Monday through Friday now, 0800, um, as long as I have about three days to reserve the computer lab. Okay. If someone's looking to join the National Guard, do you offer ASFAB prep, or do you have to be a member of the National Guard to take advantage of that? A member of the Guard, because we can, if you're not in the Guard, you have to take it at MAPS. Okay. okay. Um, we also offer the SIF test as well. Right. So for, the for selection of warrant officer flight. candidates for candidate for flight school, mm -hmm. okay. we do offer that test as well. Right. Okay. And that's same same exact process. Uh, the only difference is between the two, you can only take the SIF twice in your military career. Um, the AFCT, you can take it as many times as you want. You just have to wait six months in between. Or if you do the exception to policy, you can get that waived down to three months. Okay. So let's say I use the state tuition waiver. I can get my bachelor's degree, free and clear. Now I'm wanting to do a master's degree, so I'm looking at the federal tuition assistance. Most master's degrees require exams, the GRE specifically. I know the Army's IPAP program, their PA program, they require you to take the SAT. Do you reimburse the cost of taking those tests through the education office? Currently, we do not. Right. I believe it was right when I came on board in right. November of 15. That there were some legal issues with it. Yeah, that process stopped. However, um, some, some tests, certificates, you can utilize your GI Bill. But it's something you have to look at. And you can always call us and that we can help you decide if it's worth losing part of your GI Bill to help offset that cost. Right, because you would have to use one full month of benefits for that test. Wow, yeah. okay, okay. So if, if it's not very expensive, you, you might want to pay out of pocket. If okay. it's sure. Down the road, there are some changes coming. Yeah. I say probably an FY20 sometime to where we will be going to a credentialing <laughs> assistance program where we'll start paying for over 1,200 credentials. Oh, wow. But that's coming in wow. FY20. Not yet, but it's coming. They're doing a limited user test right now of it in the Texas National Guard and the Kentucky National Guard, two states that they're doing it right now at. Uh, but it expects to go Army-wide in FY20. Wow. That's great. So any big changes like that, let us know. We can do another one of these. Oh. Or do a mm -hmm. video it's going to be a huge change. We've yeah. also got this needs assessment <laughs> survey that's going on right now. It's running through the 30th of June. It's on SurveyMonkey. Uh, for so if you if there's soldiers out there that have suggestions for us or basically they just want their voice to be heard of what they like about education what they don't like about education let us know and uh, do take the survey it only takes two to three minutes you can even do it on your cell phone doesn't require a laptop computer to do it uh, and you two or three minutes let us know what you think that's good I took the survey we have that posted to our Twitter and to our Facebook pages okay. the Oklahoma okay, National great. Guard Facebook and Twitter pages. I took the survey last week. Super simple. It's not one of those really convoluted army type surveys. It's very straightforward. Mm -hmm. And I got to input my opinion on what I want out of the education program. It's not just, hey, does this work? Right. Does this not work? It's what do you think you want it to be? And that's important. For right, a that's so only, you feel that's like the only way we know, you know, whether we're doing something right or whether we're not doing something right. And we'll, we'll link to that also on the show. So. Yeah. Okay. I say that because, so I remember when I edit this, that we got a link to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
what are uh, what are some good resources that people are listening may be able to to reach out? Uh, you said give a call. What's what's a good phone number that people can call to reach you or email addresses? Uh, my my direct number is uh, 405-228-5533. Uh, and I'm 405-228-5676. And I would give you our education inbox email address. But it's but very it long. Is, <laughs> it's, we can give you a link for it. Yeah, yeah. it is ridiculously yeah. long. And we'll put that in our in our show notes so that people can just copy-paste. Right. And I'm in the, the global under james.e.brim under, in the global. So if you want to email me, that's fine as well. And I'm in there twice as a CW2 and a... A civilian, so I, I have my my guard site linked to my civilian account. So okay, if they email the wrong one, I'll see it. Okay, and I know you have a page on the Oklahoma National Guard website as well, the public website that has contact information mm-hmm. and a lot of the correct uh, the events and things like right. that that you guys have going on. Sure. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to add about the education office? What you can provide soldiers or airmen? Well, the last thing I can think of, just looking over this, is their joint services transcript. That is their all their military training. They can submit that to the college. You can actually do it online um, through the JST site, and that that will give them credit to um, most of the time is physical education things like that. But uh, you get officers that have you know their captain's career courses and things like that. They give some master's credits as well. Right. So. Wow. They can submit that if they need help with it. I do have access to it, so I have access I can, to it as well. So we can, on their behalf, help get them set up with that as well. Okay, so let's say I'm an MP and I want to get a degree in criminal justice. Kind of matches up. The schooling that I got at AIT is probably going to be repeated in some of the classes I take at university. What if the school doesn't give me that credit? Is there somewhere I can go to petition that? Can you help with getting that credit applied to my college transcript? Well, it, it, it is up to every different college. Every college is a little bit different on what they will and will not accept. We can't, exactly, we can't really tell the college, you know, you must accept what's on the JST transcript. It's a recommendation. Okay. Some colleges are a lot more liberal about it. I say some of your bigger colleges are a lot more liberal about it, like your Excelsiors and your University of Phoenixes and stuff like that are a lot more liberal about it. And some of the smaller colleges might not be as liberal about it. It all depends on the college. Okay. I was just going to say go, go to a different school. But <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good answer. Yeah. No, our, our AIT for photojournalism is 13 weeks. Mm-hmm. And I got the three-hour PT credit. Right. I had to serve a minimum of five years active duty just to get that job, and I got nothing for right. it, for my uh, college. It's, and it'll be an individual basis type thing. Sure. Um, I I sent mine, and there was to to the UCO, and it was like all these supervision things that I will never pursue. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. oh, whatever. Yeah, I got I got three credits toward my master's degree, yeah. so. <laughs> All right. Cool. Do you have anything else, Leanna? No, this is awesome. I learned a ton. I'm going to talk to y'all. Probably going to come over and meet with you guys about a few things that I'm trying to Yeah, and that's so sure. we, we, yeah. we take walk-ins. Yeah. Cool. I mean, We're there from about 6 to about yeah. 4 in the afternoon. So. Awesome. All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Perfect. thank you, gentlemen, so much for joining us. Sure. No problem.
Glad to do it. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching and tuning in to our third episode of the OK Guard Show. We're very happy that you've joined us today. And please remember to let us know what you think about the show. If you have any ideas for us, if you have any show topics that you would like to hear, or even if you have any questions for our, de for our guests, please let us know. Yeah, definitely. We can reach out to them and get those questions answered. Also, next month, uh, June, we'll be back with a really special episode with Brigadier General Lewis Willem, who came in and talked with us about how to be an effective non-toxic leader. And that was... Honestly. It was great. Great. Uh, I can definitely spot a toxic pool yes. so that I can avoid that both as a leader and also as one being led. Mm -hmm. We talk about toxic followers as well. So great episode. Please tune in next month. We'd love to hear some feedback from you. Yep. And as always, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yep. Perfect. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. The OK Guard Show is produced by the Oklahoma National Guard Public Affairs Office. Any mention of products or brands does not imply endorsement. All guests on the show are volunteers in an effort to inform and educate members of the Oklahoma National Guard, their families, retirees, potential recruits, and the community.